Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Pony Stampede podcast. Thanks for listening, guys, on this Monday, coming off of a disappointing 52-38 loss for SMU in Greenville Greenville at East Carolina. A lot to get to about that game. Uh, Also, some recruiting updates as well for you guys uh, as we kick off the week with really uh, just about two weeks to go until the early signing period. But first, I'll open with my thoughts on the game. And one, there's no excuse for how the team came out against East Carolina. It's not acceptable with where this program is at, with where the expectations are at. I don't care about COVID. I don't care about uh, injuries or anything like that. But to have that type of, of a performance in the first half is just completely unacceptable. You cannot, as a football team in in year three of the Sonny Dykes era, or any era, uh, you would think, come out and play like that and uh, feel good about yourselves. Now, they came out in the second half. They showed some fight. Things got, honestly, a little testy for for East Carolina there uh, at the end of the fourth quarter. That was a ball game, and it was a game that SMU certainly could have won. They had to play perfect football to do so. But they didn't. They couldn't take advantage of the momentum that they had built up. Uh, East Carolina put a little bit more distance between SMU with their lone touchdown of the second half. And then some turnovers and just stalled drives uh, for SMU really spelled doom. And so with that loss, obviously SMU... SMU's AAC title hopes over, uh, you know, as slim as they were already. But I think the big thing is it's got to be a, a gut check type of game. And Sonny Dykes you know, said it on Monday at his press conference. He thinks a lot of the way they've handled COVID and being so hard on the players and demanding a lot out of them in terms of just their health, their attention to detail as far as what they're doing off the field. Uh, has probably worn on them mentally. And in 2020, a lot of people have talked about you know mental health being a big part of it. And I think now that SMU doesn't didn't have as much to play for, really, I mean, honestly, after the Tulsa lost and the way they lost, that's probably the a part of the reason why they came out the way they did, you know, early kickoff as well, long travel, whatever. And again, not an excuse. You got boat race 45 to seven in the first half. So that it, it no matter how bad you come out, you can't, you just can't come out that bad, right? And but I think now as you look towards the last regular season game, what I think will at this point be the last regular season game, you have to find a way to re-energize your players, to make this week preparing for Houston fun. You have to find a way to share share with them and uh get their energy level up to a point where they want to play and want to win. Because I, I do think this this year and the way SMU's been pre- prepared to play every week, the way that just the season has gone now, it's worn on them. But this is where team leaders have to take over and say, look, we cannot let 
this season slip away and finish seven and four and finish over three down the stretch. That's not acceptable. That's not where the direction of this program has been heading. And I think there's a lot of players on the team that certainly have to look themselves in the mirror. We'll see if those players that need to do so do that and come out with a better effort because the first half was an effort thing. It was an attention to detail thing because they were not focused and ready to go. East Carolina was playing their last football game of the year. It was senior day. It was the end all. It was their Super Bowl. I mean, the, the East Carolina season is over. And that they played it. They played like it was their last game. They really did, uh, especially in the first half and, and what they did. They were creative. I think SMU needs to find some creativity into this week, uh, figure out a way to to energize the players. And in terms of what actually went wrong on the field, you can point to a ton, I think, in terms of plays and, and certainly all of that. But execution, effort, focus was just not there. I think the offense really in a game where the defense didn't play as badly as the score indicates. And I know that's tough for people to believe, but they, they did not play as badly as it was indicated. The offense, you know, set them up with, with some short fields. Uh, obviously the, the fourth, the fourth down call where they got stuffed, um, the, the fumble by Judah Bell, Shane Bouchelle in the second half, you know, did throw two interceptions. So the defense was certainly put on their, you know, heels a little bit there. In the second half, they responded. They responded with multiple three and outs. ECU really didn't get too much going. Uh, they tightened things up. They seemed to control the line of scrimmage. Uh, but offensively, it was uh, the complete opposite for the first half, certainly. And uh, it was uh, it was just as poor. It was as poor of an offensive showing, honestly. And you know, for an SMU team that I've seen probably over the last like six years. Um, I know, you know Chad Morris's you know, first year at SMU is really bad, but you know for the most part, uh, this was uh, you know this was this was as bad as it got. That was as bad of a first half as I've seen in a long time on uh, in every facet for sure. Uh, but I think offensively, they have got to find a way to get some creativity going. I know they don't have much of a deep threat right now. I mean, we saw Shane Bouchelle overthrow guys a little bit. I mean, Austin Upshaw was overthrown on one. Uh, Rasheed Rice wasn't exactly a deep threat target that they went to. Um, they they just don't have some of these guys that can break one in terms of the big play right now, and it's almost turned their offense into a West Coast offense. You know, short passing game. Uh, I thought the screen game was a lot better for SMU in a way uh, this year, or excuse me, uh, this past week against East Carolina. But you know, they just didn't get much going until the second half, of course. And this week against Houston they've got to find a way to just make this thing fun. I don't know if they need to run trick plays. I mean, Tyler Page was campaigning on Twitter. Uh, it was a, a Twitter post from one of the other sports sites. And, you know, which non-QB do you want quarterbacking your team, you know, referencing the Denver Broncos? And he kind of, he said me. And so, you know, maybe maybe you get him back involved with the reverse pass again or, or try to find some fun ways uh, to get him going a little bit more because he's been – honestly, as as reliable of receiver as, as anyone as of late. Do you get Danny Gray back this week? That'll be a big question. What's Kylan Granson's uh, status moving forward? He did not play a lot of the second half. So there's a lot uh, that, that has to be fixed offensively. I think offensive line-wise, Marcus Bryan is taking some steps. He's still a 260-some pound freshman offensive tackle. He's dealing with that, of course. 
but I, I don't think he was by any means the worst offensive lineman SMU had out there. And then I, I think the offensive line has to find a way to get some swagger. They don't have it this year. They haven't had it. They've had it in spurts, but they haven't had it you know consistently. I think both offensive and defensive lines have been hurt the most by COVID uh, just in terms of conditioning, in terms of being ready to play this season. But we're, what, 10 weeks into the season. They, they're in game shape now. They needed to find a way uh, to be a little bit more physical. I know SMU at times can be a little bit more finesse, but when you need a yard and you have big Tyler Levine in the back backfield, uh, they've got to find a way to get that, and they haven't really done that much at all this year. And so I think if the offensive line could come out with some swagger, uh, be physical against Houston. This is a Houston team that hasn't played in three weeks. Uh, they're a team that I think we'll kind of see what they're made of as well. Uh, and and see uh, certainly what they're what type of team they're going to be uh, this week against SMU. It's a rivalry game. Uh, it's a it's a game that I'm sure Houston would love to win. SMU's kind of you know controlled the series. I would say in a way, I think SMU's won three of the last four. They won last year in Houston, and then they've won back to back games uh, in Dallas. Um, so this is a a team that beat a bad USF team. 56-21 in their last game back on November 14th, uh, played Cincinnati kind of well, I would say, in a way. But really, you know, that game was over uh, you know, pretty quickly for the most part. It was 28 nothing Cincinnati, or it was 28-10 Cincinnati at the half, so it was still a ball game, but it wasn't nearly the ball game SMU had against them. So uh, they just really... They're kind of a little Jekyll and Hyde, and I th- and I think we'll kind of see what they bring. They're going to play hard. Uh, they're going to play tough. Uh, but overall, SMU has a chance to end the season on a high note. And there's a lot of doubters right now about what SMU's team can put together, and rightfully so with the way they played on Saturday. So this is a gut check moment for this team. Can this loss to ECU kind of revitalize them like the Tulsa loss from 2018 did? Now, granted. Granted, that was a game that was the end of the season. SMU missed out on a bowl. They had to, you know, sit on it for a whole year before playing. But SMU has to turn the page quickly to Houston. We'll see if they can do that on Saturday night, uh, the late game on ESPNU, 7 o'clock Central, I believe. Uh, So that's kind of, for the most part, where the issues lie with SMU, I think, coming out and showing effort, trying to find a way to play with energy and emotion in the right in the right way um, is really what has to happen for this week for SMU to have a chance to you know piece things together and have have a strong finish to their regular season or at least what's scheduled to be a strong finish to their regular season. It could be the last game for a lot of players in Ford Stadium. Shane Bouchel, chief among them, will he come back? Will he? Uh, head off to uh, the next level or, or professional life. Or, and there's plenty of others to wonder about that as well. But I think we'll have to save all that for another day. But with it being your last game, and I know Shane Bouchelle obviously went to Texas beforehand, graduated from Texas, and uh, will graduate from SMU as well. But, you know, how do you handle your last home game? You know, what 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 do you leave the SMU fans uh, from the last two years, if you're Shane Bouchel, what do you leave them with? Because his performance against Tulsa, his performance against ECU was was certainly not what he wanted. Now, against ECU, he was really under a lot of pressure. The offensive line really regressed. I didn't think it was as big of an issue against Tulsa. 
Uh, I think the wind you know, played a little bit of a factor in that one when the offense went dry and, and just kind of had a rough game overall. But, you know, this week, this past weekend against ECU, you know, a lot of it fell, I think, on Shane Bouchelle's shoulder in a way. Uh, they, they couldn't get the run game going. They got down big. They had to throw it a little bit more than, than they wanted to. So how does he respond? How does he bounce back? This is a big game uh, for SMU. And, and he was clutch last year against Houston uh, late in the game to, to get that 1-1 down there in Houston. So what's next for SMU on the recruiting trail? Let's switch gears. We've, we've talked a little bit about uh, the game and uh, against ECU, and we'll preview the Houston game later this week. But there's a lot. Uh, going on right now uh, on the recruiting front for SMU. Uh, looking at uh, the targets down the stretch, I mean, let's start with uh, Savion Bird because we haven't talked about him in a minute. Uh, he set his commitment date for December 16th, the first day of the early signing period. The crystal ball, I think you'll start to see it shift a little bit towards SMU. Oklahoma has held the percentages of picks for a while, uh, but I think this is one where we start to see him trend towards SMU in a big way. I think my crystal ball has been on there uh, for quite some time for Savion Bird uh, to land at SMU. Haven't touched it and uh, not planning to do so anytime soon. And keeping with the offensive line, because I do think that's one of the biggest positions for SMU. They're still recruiting Remington Strickland out of Fort Bend Christian Academy, uh, Oklahoma, Michigan, you know, Texas. There's a lot of schools now in there. I think that one's kind of fading away from SMU. But one that continues to pick up steam, Austin Uke from Dallas Parish Episcopal, a teammate of Preston Stone, SMU's quarterback commit. He is still out there, uh, continues to pick up offers. He picked up Stanford over the weekend. He picked up Maryland and Virginia Tech on Monday, and he decommitted from Holy Cross uh, in the past couple weeks. So he's now on the open market, and if you're SMU, you continue continue to push for him. Uh, he is one of the top available offensive linemen in the country. Uh, he's the number 35 overall offensive tackle on 24-7 sports, a four-star prospect on 24-7 sports. So if you can get Savion Bird and Austin Uke in the fold, uh, that is as good of a haul as you can expect after signing the amount of offensive linemen they did a year ago, and it would really solidify things for the future. Braylon Jackson, another uncommitted prospect, continues to be out there. Uh, he's out of Mansfield Lake Ridge, and uh, Arizona State uh, continues to be probably the the main competition for SMU there. But you know, we haven't heard anything to really change our opinion on on Braylon Jackson. You know, continuing to hear good things about SMU, and we're going to continue to leave that one where it stands because you know, for SMU to keep him home, it'd be the 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 final piece to that defensive line class, uh, and certainly one where you can uh, you can really feel good about the future of, of that defensive line, especially with who they you know can bring back next year in 2021 uh, with some of the eligibility uh, rules changing. You know, from Mike Williams, for example, uh, is one that they expect back at this point. I would say, um, with him not counting towards uh, the, the the 85 uh, as a uh, as a senior, so. We'll see what tricks SMU has up its sleeve uh, to get ready uh, for the 2021 class to be finally done uh, with with just two weeks to go to the early signing period. Uh, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be an interesting follow. We'll see if Austin Uke opts to sign early. A lot of SMU's commits will sign early and make those decisions final as well. Uh, we're, we've caught up with a few uh, commits as of late as well, so we'll have those on Pony Stampede. 
uh, and we'll continue to drop tidbits on not only the 2021 class, but the transfers out there for SMU. Who can they go get to help shore up this roster, address some needs, and continue to keep this thing going? Shane Bouchelle coming back or not? Because, look, expectations next year with who they have coming back and who they could very well have coming back are going to be high, whether it's Shane Bouchelle, Preston Stone, or another quarterback to be named uh, being at the helm of this SMU offense. So they've got to be in a win-now mode with this recruiting class. With what they could finish with, that very much uh, is the case for SMU. We'll continue to track it. Uh, Right now, SMU's recruiting class sits at number two in the AAC on the 24 sports on the 24-7 Sports Composite team recruiting rankings, number 51 overall in the country. Uh, if they can close with Savion Bird and Austin Uke, uh, it's got a chance to be, uh, and Braylon Jackson, it's got a chance to be a really strong class uh, for a group of five schools, especially with what would be if they landed those three, only 18 commitments in the class. So two weeks to early signing day. Don't forget to sign up for Pony Stampede. Uh, if you're a subscriber to the podcast, great. Awesome. Appreciate that. Thank you so much for listening. But we've got a Cyber Monday deal going on. And here's a little secret. It goes until Tuesday at midnight. 75% off annual subscriptions. Don't be afraid for just 24 bucks to sign up for Pony Stampede for the rest of the year. Plenty of VIP scoop to come. Not only on football, but basketball as well as that season got underway with SMU getting a win uh, with Kendrick Davis setting the record for SMU players uh, in a season opener and Will Douglas as well uh, having a really uh, strong performance uh, in his return to action after sitting out much of last year uh, that was uh, that was nice to see in Moody Coliseum they're back at it again Monday night against Texas A&M Corpus Christi looking to build off of the 97-67 win over Sam Houston State so we'll be there to cover it for you guys but till then we'll be back later in the week to preview the Houston game Uh, and also catch up on anything else you miss. With that, guys, thanks for listening to this edition of the Pony Stampede Podcast, and have a good rest of the week. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.